welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. This is the start of season three of The Kink Perspective. I'm excited to get this year going. A couple of week break. Um, should have had a little bit longer, but you know, the fin doms were a calling. So all of you got a really special episode for that one. Um, I've received a lot of questions for help and where to go after that episode. And, um, you know, first I want to wish everybody a happy new year. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season, a wonderful holiday break. You got some time to relax, eat some good food, be in some really terrific company. And, and all around, just really enjoy yourself. That kind of brings me to today's episode. Um, to be honest with you, today's episode was going to be quite different. I was actually going to do something, and it's not going to be pushed back till next week, on hypnotic suggestion and the lifestyle. But one thing I noticed over the Christmas holiday when I was sitting around and perusing like I was doing, not as much because I was enjoying my time off, but... I would often sit and I would read my coffee and I would see what's new going on in social media, especially in places like FetLife or um, Fetish.com or sometimes X, even Instagram. And I noticed a trend. And uh, a few days ago, then I decided after, you know, kind of looking through all of this stuff, um, a trend of what... We typically call, so anybody who's got a follower account of probably more than 5,000 people has got some influence, right? I think that's where where that's at. I don't really know how the influencing realm works. I think it's kind of stupid. You either like what somebody says but uh, or don't. If you're buying products that they're pushing, well, buyer beware, right? Well, I noticed this trend, and this trend was um, very sad stories, very regurgitated stories, very recycled stories. So the same thing, we're hearing the same thing over and over. Tales of woe, tales of dread, um, dire warnings, the boogeyman. And I'm pretty much kind of going over with what I said. And the whole purpose of what I was saying, oh, and my other favorite part that I shouldn't leave out, plagiarism, rampant, rampant plagiarism inside. Uh, social media um, and no, no places really I, I don't think you do probably as much on, on X but you know anywhere you can put up a lengthy post I think people may take some sort of you know they may leap into that on occasion anyway so um, I wrote a post and I talked about how this to me is a little bit inauthentic and I frankly even said it's kind of depressing if you were reading the same stories from the same people who are seem constantly miserable or constantly giving you dire warnings, you know, I understand there is some sort of a need for that. We need to be aware of certain things. But if all of your stories revolve around terrible things, there's another issue. And that's the issue I want to talk about today. And it's really quite fascinating when it comes into the realm of social media and, and people on social media and, and people who thrive or need to be on social media. And we really see this. I mean, you can open up your your app on Facebook or on Instagram and you can go through all of the, you know, the even the scrollings of people who post videos. And my God, they post videos of the dumbest thing. So why? Well, let's get into that. Today, I want to talk about attention-seeking behavior. And this becomes a topic that transcends age and it takes on all sorts of intriguing forms and it 
it's really more intriguing when you particularly adapt that to our digitally connected and globalized world. The thing is, as we kind of look through, and, and I'm kind of gleaning here through my psychological lens, there are some nuances of this behavior that are both positive and negative. Now, sometimes it's a quest for affirmation to the subtleties of online dynamics and we're demonstrating what we're doing because we're better than everybody else or this is how we kink or it took us 19 and a half hours to take a photo that, that only captured a 1.3 milliseconds of what we're doing. Um, I'm going to kind of uncover the diverse ways in which people seek attention and why it's problematic and why it led to a gigantic row that people were so upset that they decided little old me needed to be attacked from all over the world. And not, you know what? I had a right to defend myself. And for those of you who don't know, I'm also ex-military. Like, I served in the United States Navy. Um, we typically call ourselves squids, right? Not always best to push a squid around because we tend to, you know, hold our ground. And, I, you know, just because I'm a therapist... That doesn't mean I am excluded from having an opinion. It doesn't mean I'm excluded from even being staunchly stubborn about my opinion. And it sure as hell doesn't mean that I have to be empathetic towards everybody. That's the most ridiculous notion. But we're going to get into all of that today. Now, it's really important here to recognize that attention-seeking behaviors aren't confined to a specific age group. Right? They can start in, uh, they can manifest in children, toddlers all the way through into adulthood and all the way all the way up into late our late adulthood and they each present it their own sets of challenges and complexities because inside of as i kind of peel back these mysteries of attention seeking behavior it's especially around the context of social media it really becomes what are we driving for what are we why are we there doing this is everybody attention seeking no i don't think so <laughs> I do recognize that there are some patterns with people that do demonstrate attention-seeking behavior, or otherwise known as histrionic behavior, narcissistic personality traits, not narcissists specifically, because that's a different, that's a whole different diagnosis. But there are traits that they're being displayed. Now, whether you're actively participating in the online world or somewhere on social media or you're just simply curious about what I'm going to be talking about today, then hopefully this is going to give you a little insight and perspective. And I'm probably going to, you know, shed a little bit more of my opinion based on this. It's just because, you know, it's an observation. It's what I see. That's what we do. When you come and see a therapist, we're observing your behavior. We're taking notes on your behavior. We're asking questions about your behavior. And then we're discussing that behavior. And hopefully it's aims to change it. But sometimes... Um, you know, and then you hear all these things. So you're calling these things out. You're, you know, I don't know. What was my favorite one? I'm jealous. I must be, a, I'm a terrible therapist. I need to drum up work. Well, I'm actually quite busy. I, mean, I do this for free. I don't charge anybody for anything. Um, so I kind of find, uh, like when I'm being insulted, so there's actually no statements back to my original discussion of what I'm seeing or why they're doing it. Or, or my other favorite one is they're putting up you have to ask yourselves, when people are placing up, and I mean, even professional writers, they're placing up about a, we're really talking about BDSM, and, um, and we're really looking at this sphere, and, and social media is, 
There's a context. I understand why certain social media personalities, the Kim Kardashians, and these people aren't even in that realm. You know, I know some of them maybe have high follower counts on certain places, but I don't know if that's actually translating into maybe other forms of social media. But when you getting back to these examples, I look at all these people that end up having, you know, uh, issues online. One social media personality will call out somebody else's. And then they're like, you can't do that. Well, we can. Because if you're, if you're putting your life on online for people to read, there's nothing private about it anymore. You opted out of your right of privacy. Um, when they try to do the personal attacks, especially when I see by its followers of a certain person, what I tend to find is going on is that it's kind of when I look at a hive response inside of honeybees. The queen feels threatened, they release a scent, all the bees come out and they start attacking whatever's invasive. Well, the funny part is, is that if that's a defense of all that's going on, you're not really involving yourselves in any side of debate. More so, you're involved in what I like to call groupthink. And anybody, and so these are typically people, so they all think in a similar pattern. And if you deviate from that, well, then you're outside of the hive, and then you're probably going to get attacked. Um, we see this a lot in people who claim that they're very inclusive. We're always inclusive. We, everybody's included and in all matters. Everything's, in, everything's included. Gender, sexuality, doesn't matter. You're all included as long as you follow along with what the hive brain thinks. Because if you don't, you're not allowed to be in a group no more. And that stifles creativity. It stifles originality. It stifles our ability to question things. Well, I don't go along with that. And that's, you know, that and they picked a fight with me. So, you know what, maybe maybe this is my, I don't know, maybe I am irritated. Possibly. I don't know. But I've done this anyways today, so that's where we're going. I'm not going to change it because the hypnosis thing has been pushed till next week. So, what does this tension-seeking behavior look like, you might wonder? Well... There are fundamental, I want to start with a fundamental definition and a, a few of the varied manifestations on this. Now, attention-seeking uh, attention behavior encapsulates a real spectrum of, of, their, of people's actions, whether they're conscious or subconscious, or you know, then the other third round, whether it's unconscious. And these are driven by the fundamental need for acknowledgement and validation or interaction. So... How do we really ultra-define this, this type of behavior and these manifestations? Well, attention-seeking behavior here manifests as a deliberate action aimed at drawing attention to oneself. Now, if you can think of anybody that this may apply to on a regular basis, this may fit. There are a multitude of things that go along with this. I'm not saying that every social media person has attention-seeking behavior. I think a lot of them do. I think they weren't validated in one form or another, and they use social media to validate themselves. And that's well-founded and well-documented in psychological research. Now, this phenomenon can be observed in both, well, you know, like I told you before, positive and negative behaviors. But here's the key. They're all fueled by an inherent desire for recognition. Now, adults engage in this type of behavior 
they exhibit a few range of actions. They will seek constant praise. So they'll put something up and they want people to go, oh my God, thank you so much. And I, you know, I couldn't live without this today. And, you know, this was the perfect moment and all those, you know, things that we see or read. Um, they display heightened emotional expressions or they're constantly striving to be in the spotlight or the center of attention. And it's important to really recognize these, uh, the diverse ways people express this behavior. And it really often serves as a coping mechanism for their unmet emotional needs and underlying psychological challenges. You know, that's not disputed. That's actually true. So if I see somebody posting the same story 10 times in a year, they're recite. So to me, that's kind of like recycling that they're talking about something. Number one, that's telling me they're still in a lot of pain. And you probably, probably shouldn't be on social media talking about what happened so you can feel validated. You should probably be seeking professional help so you can work through it. Because if you're, if you're rehashing the same story over and over and over, that means you haven't healed through that trauma at all. And it's still very prevalent. And by actually putting it out into the world, you're not helping yourself. You're reliving it. And now you've given that information to others. So all around, it becomes a bad move. So I have to ask myself, then I ask myself questions. Why are you self-torturing? Why, you know, you're, it's, it's almost like a form of self-flagellation. Why are you doing that? Then I question, you know, and it, it's okay because these people aren't my clients. But I do question, is this information true or not? If it is true, then they probably need some help. At the very least, why are you talking about it 10 times a year? That's problematic behavior. Now, it has nothing to do with jealousy by pointing that out. It has nothing to do that, oh, well, my other favorite ones, I'm a man, so I'm pointing that out. Um, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that this is problematic behavior. And you probably need to work on it. Hell, a lot of times I'm asking, are you okay? So what are maybe some examples of how adults may exhibit attention-seeking behavior, particularly in the context of any social media? Well, adults typically showcase attention-seeking behaviors in very distinctive, distinctive or specific ways. They seek that affirmation online, and that's, this becomes a really common avenue, especially with individuals strategically sharing personal achievements. They share challenges or emotional experiences to garner likes or loves or attention or comments or the shares that it will get them. The virtual platform here, especially in the, the grander scheme of social media, transforms it into a stage for their personal narratives than they so they can seek validation. And moreover, inside of this pursuit of online attention, this may lead to boundary issues. As they may struggle to navigate the line between sharing authentically or oversharing personal details. Now, this complex backwards and you know to and fro here on the digital sphere reflects the evolving dynamics of attention-seeking behavior in the age of social media. And when we look, understand this, the pursuit of attention takes really diverse forms and it includes boundary issues in the digital realm because we're, we're crossing them. When we start sharing personal information, we're, we are 
giving up our privacy. You have none because now people are learning something very intricate of you or at least what you're telling them. Who knows? It may not even be true. Now, individuals struggle here to maintain these appropriate boundaries, by, especially when they start oversharing their personal details or they engage in conversations that are better suited for private conversations. This starts to result in blurred lines between personal and public personas, and it impacts relationships, and it impacts online interactions. And especially when it starts getting to dramatic displays and emotional theatrics to further characterize their attention-seeking behavior. And it creates this immersive experience for the online audiences. Ooh, now, you know what? I'm upset. All of my followers, this person upset me. Let's attack them. So now you've launched and involved other people inside of your own drama. But because you're fueling part of this, you're literally fueling it. And this desire to be the center of attention drives individuals to stand out. They can then play on their own victimhood. And this contributes to this the vibrancy of their digital persona. Or then they'll say, I'm gonna take a break for a while, the mental strain is too much. And for some of these people, they repeat a digital playbook that is constantly said. Then they take some time off, then they come back and they talked about how they were victimized and how the struggle was real. And then uh, they'll keep writing and then they'll, they'll regain their affirmations. And then honestly, the cycle will start itself all over again because somebody else will notice it and the behavior will start to repeat itself. Now, we need to understand the roots here of this behavior and, and we need to start looking at some of this, that some of the things emotionally and mentally that shape these complex manifest manifestations inside of people. So the origins of attention-seeking behavior are multifactorial and they stem from a confluence of learned and inherited factors. Now, inside of childhood, experiences play a pivotal role with, um, I don't know, such things as trauma acting as a potential precursor. Children adapting to traumatic environments may de develop intention-seeking behaviors as a coping mechanism. And this really does set the stage for personality disorders later in adulthood. Now, parenting styles also contribute as those lacking boundaries or role modeling erratic behaviors may predispose their kids to these types of tendencies. Now, there can be a familial predisposition that suggests a genetic susceptibility, and this emphasizes the interplay between genetic and environmental factors in shaping adult attention-seeking behavior. The impact of all of this early attachment experiences can't be understated, and secure attachments fostered during childhood contribute to a real stable sense of self. And they reduce the reliance on other people to validate who we are or this attention-seeking behavior. Now, conversely, insecure attachments may really propel people towards external validation and perpetuating this type of behavior, perpetuating the need for loves and, and caring and comments on their posts and why they're posting two or three times a day. While some people will plagiarize to garner attention, to maybe appear more intelligent, to appear more insightful or more realistic, right? Low self-esteem stands out as a really major contributor here to this type of behavior, especially when it comes to adults. Now, seeking 
Support through behaviors like sulking or whining becomes a strategy to cope with the feeling of inadequacy. Personalities disorders such as personalities disorders such as histrionic personality disorder amplify attention-seeking tendencies. And individuals with this disorder exhibit a pattern of excessive emotionality and a constant need for affirmation, which then in turn influences their interactions in the various social settings that they inhabit. Now, moreover here, the role of loneliness is fueling a lot of attention-seeking behavior. And this unveils the intricate interplay between social media-type connectedness and, the, and even mental health. And individuals experiencing loneliness may result to this type of behavior as a means to bridge the emotional gaps that they're feeling. And they seek this external validation and affirmation to feel, fill these internal voids. Now, jealousy rooted in anxiety or insecurity may prompt attention-seeking behaviors individuals grapple with unmet emotional needs. Now, are any of these conditions, mental health problems associated with this type of behavior? Well, attention-seeking behavior often serves as a visible indicator of an underlying mental health problem, right? It's, it's like problematic. It doesn't necessarily mean if somebody's exhibiting it that they are, but it can be a precursor. And the spectrum here encompasses a variety of disorders with manifestations ranging from the subtle seeking of affirmation to the more pronounced and erratic displays of garnering attention. Look at me, look at me, here's my sad story. Oh, this is Gan, woe is me. Oh, thank you for all the support, right? These are the same types of posts that start happening and you see them all over on Facebook you and by major personalities you see it on I don't know about X I'm not really on X or whatever was Twitter um, but you see it on Instagram right stars do it and stuff and I'll write these 28 page manifestos about how they were so sorry for crap they said of course it gave them backlash and so now they're sorry and they're gonna retreat because of all the hate and the haters stop and then they come back and took a mental health break right so it's the same problematic behavior Understanding these behaviors, though, as a potential red flag allows for early identification and, in some cases, intervention. And it really does give us a better understanding of mental health outcomes, especially when we, knew, when we realize what's going on. Now, there is this nuanced expression of these behaviors that reveals the subtleties that may signify disorders such as anxiety, depression, or even emerging Personality disorders, BPD, DID, that's more of a worst case scenario, right? And, you know, I'm not saying these things because here I'm trying to be malicious, by the way. I'm saying them because I notice them. And people don't like it when other people notice things about themselves. They think it's problematic. I don't. I just think that, you know, you shouldn't be saying certain things and... Um, I don't know. I think it's quite sad, but then that made me really look at why you're saying them all the time, as often as you're saying it. Now, within the realm, since I mentioned personality disorders, cluster B disorders really here take the stage. And these conditions marked by the dramatic or the excitable or even volatile traits, and God knows I experienced that in the last couple of days, encompass this histrionic borderline and narcissistic personality disorder. 
Now, histrionic personality disorder is characterized more specifically by excessive emotionality, by attention-seeking, and it often lands, leads individuals to seek constant validation. And this is one thing I see a lot inside of social media. So I'm not saying that every social media personality is guilty of attention-seeking behavior. I think that they exhibit a lot of signs, but the more I start to look at certain social media personalities or people in certain realms or spaces, I do think that they, at the very least, have an attention-seeking problem because they have to be front and center. Because if they're not front and center, then no one's talking about them and they don't feel good and they feel like they're going to be not remembered. And that's where that takes us. And that's, you know, one major point. Now, I mentioned BPD, borderline personality disorder. Now, this manifests in unstable relationships and impulsive behavior, recurrent thoughts of self-harm. Now, while the other, the latter, narcissistic personality disorder, now that's really diagnosed in a very low number of people on the entire planet. Like 1% or 2% of all people on the planet. People will tell me, oh, well, that's a lot. You know, it's 20, 40 million people. I can't remember what the exact number is out of 8 billion. But your chances on actually meeting a full-blown narcissist are actually quite low. Demonstrating the traits of a narcissist, that's completely different. And that's a different show. I've already covered that before. But if somebody's suffering from this to the MPD here, it's really marked by a grandiose sense of self-importance. I see that quite often a constant need for admiration or having their followers tell her tell them how much they're loved and cared for and you know how how they pr- give them thoughts and prayers and recognizing these distinct features becomes crucial for you know if they actually seek treatment or if they're even seeking a diagnosis if there's anything to diagnose right there's a lot of factors involved so i'm not saying that all these people have some sort of disorder i am saying You know, at the very least, most of them are probably guilty of attention-seeking behavior, which, again, by itself is, you know, problematic, but it's not as bad as it being compounding. Now, as we kind of look deeper into this, the characteristics of some of these disorders, it unveils a real big spectrum of behaviors, and individuals with some of these disorders may display some things like charm, flirtation, impulsivity. Often they seek attention through seductive behavior, right? Now, that kind of comes more in on the histrionic side. On the borderline side, this brings about intense mood swings and unstable relationships. And within side of the narcissistic side, it involves a lack of empathy or an, an insatiable need for admiration, Some of these signs here are really crucial to start seeing the complexities of of the depths of someone's intention-seeking behavior and where they're rooted. And if they are even connected to something more serious like a mental health condition. Now, that really does take a trained, you know, really specific trained clinician to do. I don't do that. That's not in my purview. I don't get there are certain things I don't diagnose. Not all therapists work in every form of psychology. That's why we all typically have colleagues we refer people to. So is there help for all of this? Well, if you're persistent in this behavior and it goes beyond the normal spectrum of, you know, your day-to-days, 
and you're warranting a really deeper understanding of when it becomes a concern, you have to start understanding that, um, and I've read some really good articles on this, that the impact of this behavior overall on, your, on the overall well-being of someone can't be understated because it starts to become compounding. It starts actually almost kind of like addiction. We need that addiction to be fed because if it's not, we slip further into something else. And it's really important here to recognize that these behaviors traverse a threshold and indicating the imperative need for at some point to get professional intervention or in the very least if attention seeking tendencies consistently disrupt your daily life or they're straining a relationship because you know you got to take your 28,000th selfie of the day you may have to consider you have an issue especially if it's contributing to your own emotional distress seeking help becomes a crucial step and the article you know and, and some of the stuff that i read really demonstrate the significance of this now there are collaborative approaches where you can do group care or seek mental health experts psychologists a psychiatrist a counselor whatever you want to see maybe maybe it's spiritual for you and that's really quite important no matter which way you're going to go that you go a certain direction and i you know i've had time to really think about all of this today even while I'm doing this episode now and you all are going to be hearing me and you're going to kind of hear my thoughts rattle off I'm not chaffed at what I said I said what I said because I made an observation I'm not I stand by my words anybody who's ever worked with me anybody who listens to my show um the people who've met me or the people who talk to me I I'm not any different from my show to my practice to the way I write I write say do and think exactly what I mean so you know you're going to get consistency with me. I'm not going to back down unless, you know, if I was absolutely wrong and on something and, you know, I hurt somebody's feelings, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with saying sorry. But, you know, a really famous man once said, don't ever apologize when you're not wrong. Well, I'm not wrong. I made an observation and people didn't like it. And obviously, my observation must bear some truth if it garnered such a reaction. Because they're personalities their lifestyle the way their behaviors are being conducted was being threatened and every subsequent person coming in that follows these people like they're in a a devout cult who ended up attacking me and criticizing me you don't even really know me which is quite interesting and then saying i must be dangerous and all these i just i find that type of i find that behavior ridiculous on the face there was one person that was just making insults and I don't, couldn't even actually understand them. It just it made no sense because the hive felt threatened. Well, we're supposed to challenge our minds when we enter the thought sphere. When we go to college, for the most part, we learn to challenge thinking. When we grow into adults, we should learn to be independent thinkers. If you are struggling with independent thought and all you feel is threatened by an outward opinion... That's really not even directed in your, in your, you know, directed at you or in your general vicinity. Maybe the problem isn't with the person who wrote the opinion. Maybe the problem is how the group think operates and who it's being led by and the attention that it's driving and the unhealthy behaviors that it also drove. 
And that's really the issue here. I'm going to wrap this up here today. So when I, you know, I want to start making 20, I want to make 2024 happier. I want to bring you good episodes. I want to talk about things. This was needed for me today. Kind of need to get this little catharsis out. I don't care who it upsets because you know what? You're not going to do, you know, all the threats of them doing things are just dumb. Um, and that's just a terribly bad idea when you threaten a military vet. However, the pursuit here of online affirmation to the expressions of people's social media posts, attention-seeking behavior really conflates the experiences for certain individuals. And it transcends. It doesn't matter where it starts. Children can do it. Adults can do it. And it, it does come about in a lot of ways. There are some mental health conditions in certain people with attention-seeking behavior that's usually a precursor that this could be the, you know, the warning to something worse. I'm not saying it necessarily is. I'm just by pointing out that there is some possibilities here. And we, we have to be willing to recognize the threshold of when this type of behavior becomes a cause for concern and when that concern is paramount, especially when this type of behavior really impacts our day-to-day, our relationships, both maybe family, friends, or personal, and our emotional well-being. None of that can be understated. If that's, if that's somehow upsetting, because I'm pointing it out, I'm probably not the problem. I might be rocking the boat, but ultimately, I'm not the problem. And if people feel threatened by someone who doesn't really have a lot of followers and someone whose only kind of intention is to look out for the community and tell people to inject positivity in their life instead of reading negative stories, because if you surround yourself with negativity constantly, you are going to be depressed, you're going to be anxious, you're going to be stressed out, you're going to be unhappy. And that's not a person anyone likes to be around. All you will have are stories of dread. Even my clients who work with me, we don't allow that type of behavior. I don't allow that type of behavior. We try to find the positive in every day because we have to. So maybe contemplate here, how do our interactions on social media reflect our need for attention and validation and connection? I know some of the some people still think that, you know, I'm doing this out of you know revenge or just because of what happened. No, not really. This this episode was going to come one way or another. Um, I just you know, because I, because of what happened, I decided to move it forward and push my hypnosis thing back until next week. But that will come next week. Um, and finally, on the final edits, I'm now working with the editor on my book to get the hard copies. I know people have been getting really good, nice, pleasant emails lately about the hard copy for my book. So uh, it's almost done. I'm just waiting on the editor and the publisher to finalize a couple things and it should be done, I don't know, maybe within the next 10, 15 days. So that should be out. Uh, work on a price thing for you all. Um, the name of my book uh, is Tangled Desires, the intersection of BDSM and psychology. You can currently get it in digital form wherever you get your eBooks at. Um, but you know, tell me what you think. If you think I'm wrong, tell me why. And, and let's, let's be constructive. Let's be adults, right? That's what we are. We're adults. <clears throat> if you think I'm right, tell me why. If you think this behavior, you've seen it, or it's problematic, or you know somebody who exhibits this behavior and it's problematic, let me know. So here's to a really awesome 2024 for everybody. I hope this year 
really treats all of you kind and it's it's a better year than it was last year for all of us until next time everybody be safe stay safe